0: At the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf.
1: Welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf, founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and develop strategies to transform themselves and their organizations into industry leaders and sustain that leadership position. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also a fellow with the International Leadership Association. I am delighted that today our guest is Mark Sims. Mark is the vice president of strategy at Scott's miracle Grow company, one of the world's leading marketers of branded consumer lawn and garden, as well as hydroponic growing products. In his role, he's responsible for leading the corporate strategy department, which provides comprehensive strategy support for strategic intelligence, mergers and acquisitions, strategic planning, and internal consulting. Mark began his career with Scott's in 2007 and has held positions of increasing responsibility in M&A, enterprise risk management, process transformation, and IT, including most recently serving as the CIO. This Voice America show and series, I want to provide valuable information to leaders and emerging leaders that prepare them to lead their organizations in the dynamic times that we currently face. The more effective leaders we have, the better journey we have as employees and community members, as well as consumers. In addition to sharing models and our experience, I invite you as the listener to find one thing from each weekly segment that you can put into practice in your leadership. That means to me, either shifting how you think about leadership or shifting how you behave, or both. Think about this, when was the last time you changed your leadership behavior to respond to the dynamic environment? If you're a regular listener, that would be recently. If you're not a regular listener, we invite you to continue to update your leadership algorithm as often as you update other things in your life. So in this segment, we're going to talk about in the changing times, the process of strategy development and execution is changing and expected to continue to change. Many leaders have said to me privately, they wonder why they're doing strategy because things are changing so quickly. And yet, it's my belief that in changing times, it's even more important to have a clear North Star that drives our business and all of the decisions which we're making more rapidly. So Mark talks about delivering for the end customer, internal and external, as a strategic leader, as well as leading corporate strategy. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here, Mark. Thank you for having me, Maureen. So before we talk about strategy, can you give us a little bit more about your background? What would you like our global listeners to
2: know about you and how you got here? Sure. No, I think I think you did a great job on the kind of the the uh, the bio, but maybe a little bit of background. Uh, My background uh, educationally is in industrial engineering. First job out of college, I was doing time studies and, you know, kind of classic industrial engineering things. Uh, And then moved into the consulting realm, working for uh, a boutique consulting firm and then Ernst & Young, where I I learned quite a bit. And then they were, uh, their consulting group was purchased by Capgemini. So I spent about 10 years in uh, management consulting, mm-hmm. and then I moved over to Scott's about 12 years ago. I've had a lot of different jobs, uh, different roles at Scott's, about eight different positions. I joke I can't hold down a job very well, but they seem to just move me around, and, and a lot of it is really focused on you know how to help the organization get stuff done, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of where I think my personal brand has, has uh, uh, evolved to at Scott's is, is being someone who can, uh, you know, Define a plan and then execute it to get it done.
1: So as you talk about your your path to get here coming out of management consulting, since you and I share that in our background, I was with uh, PWC and Accenture for about twelve years. What in that space supported your success in moving into the the roles you have played at Scotts?
2: I think a lot of it is related to, Kind of understanding process, right? Okay. So, so, so much of what we did at uh, Ernst and Young, you know, they 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 kind of build it into your mindset of people, process, technology. Mm-hmm. And so, having had different roles in uh, either process transformation or in IT, so much of it is about kind of defining the right process, the most efficient and effective mm-hmm. process, making sure that the people are aligned, meaning leaders. Mm-hmm the organization, the individuals are li- all aligned, communicated mm-hmm. well, trained in order to execute the new processes. And then mm-hmm. if you're lucky, you have a, sol- a technical solution that you implement. But mm-hmm. so much of what I was doing in consulting was really kind of systems implementations, mm-hmm. but they always sank or swam on how well we manage the process and how well we uh, help the people change the way that they were going to be uh, doing the work.
1: And I assume that is also entirely aligned with what you're doing now in strategy execution.
2: That's absolutely right. I mean, I think everything that that I think through, and maybe it's just that, that holistic lens of probably now four P's, you know, people, process, product, and technology. So now that mm-hmm. I'm in a in a corporate strategy role, a lot of it is thinking about, you know, what products do we need to bring to market? What are the unmet needs of the consumer mm-hmm. uh, that we should think about uh, bringing new products? But all of it needs mm-hmm. to align kind of the, mm-hmm. the people, the process, the, the products, and then ideally there's technology to support Mm -hmm. all three of those Mm -hmm. things.
1: Now, Scott's is also socially minded as well. So you could even make that five Ps as planet. That is fair. That's a good one. So let's jump into then talking about strategy and uh, what's happening for you in the field of strategy, you and Scott's.
2: Yeah. So I think maybe more generally, you know, what's happening in strategy and you mentioned it, there's a lot of articles and publications talking about kind of you know do you really need a strategic plan do you mm-hmm. need these things because the the market is changing so rapidly mm-hmm. and I guess from my perspective a lot of times you have to go back and look at you know you could call them the classics but you look at kind of the, the core tenets of strategy and from my perspective the way I would define it is a thoughtful process by which you define where you're going to place your bets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could be resources, could be capital, could be time, but where are you going to place bets to build a build and maintain a sustainable competitive advantage in the market? So when you think about if you break that down and you know, if you say, do you need a strategic plan? Well I think you need all of those things, right? So you need to be thoughtful mm-hmm. about it. So what are we trying to do? You know, defining where you place your bets. So if you're going to align capital, resources, etc., you don't mm-hmm. want to be doing that and changing that constantly. I think you need to right. have some focus, and you need to. You can't day trade strategies, which is <laughs> like not that. not what these articles mm-hmm. say. But they do talk about like, well, it's just so dynamic. You can't. You know, you can't be thinking about. You know, you can't have a strategic plan, but you Mm -hmm. used a great term earlier, the North Star. And and it's really about how do you build and sustain that competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. And so that says, you know, you have this thoughtful process. You think through a plan as to, you know, where you feel there's unmet needs, how you can build sustainable competitive advantage, how you can deliver value for the consumers. But then you have to go and execute it. And a lot of times it's 10 percent you know, in the planning and and thinking phase, and then Mm -hmm. it's 90% in the execution phase. Mm -hmm. And if you're now in the middle of an execution phase six months in, and then you want to kind of rechange the strategy, A, it can be very frustrating for the organization. It can be super inefficient. And so I think it's always key that you do kind of think through the the core Mm -hmm. tenets of, you know, where are we at currently? Where do we want to be? And then Mm -hmm. I understand that you may change the tactics, but if you think the future state is, you know, in five years, this is our vision Mm -hmm. of where we want to be, what markets we want to be playing Mm -hmm. in, what consumer segments we want to be addressing. Mm -hmm. Those are things that shouldn't change unless, you know, the the nature of those markets fundamentally change. I get that the tactics may change and the Mm -hmm. way you go about it, Mm -hmm. but really kind of that, you know current state, future Mm -hmm. state, probably another management consulting 101 that we learned, and and then building the plans to say, what are the tactics Mm. that we're going to use to get us there?
1: So let's talk about Scott's. And I think one of the big bets Scott's made a while back was
2: hydroponics. That's absolutely right. So we've got, um, I want to say it's going on, you know, three and a half years now. Uh, but one of the, our, our CEO identified, you know, many years before that, that hydroponics was the one of the fastest growing segments of lawn and garden. Mm-hmm. A lot of hydroponic retailers will over-index and sell to people that grow cannabis, both mm-hmm. recreationally or even on the black market. But, but also
1: we, vegetables and things, right? I get there my
2: hydroponic
1: tomatoes. There are
2: hydroponic tomatoes, uh, more commercially grown. Okay. Um... But, but the hydroponic space is a really interesting one because it's somewhat become a eu- euphemism for cannabis growing, but it also is a, an incredible way that if, you know, capitalizes on a, probably a lot of different trends. So there's mm-hmm. kind of that urban and indoor trend where people okay. want to be able to grow fresh herbs and vegetables, mm-hmm. but they don't have a lot of space. So how, okay. how can I do that efficiently? And so mm-hmm. we actually own 80% of a company called Garden. Or arrow Grow, but they make an arrow Garden that's a hydroponic unit that could sit on your kitchen countertop, so you can again mm-hmm. enjoy fresh produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that way, you know everything about that. You know how it was grown, what you fed to it, etc. So that also then gets into the organic and, and people mm-hmm. really being wanted to focus on organic and, and limiting the use of pesticides and herbicides that they need mm-hmm. to use to get you know the, mm-hmm. the output, the outcomes they want. And then also, as we talked about, you know, in in the uh, you know, with, with the legal uh, marijuana market in now 33 states for medical, nine states plus Washington D.C. Uh, for recreational, and then really the boom in Canada with it going, you know, federally legal there. Uh, there's really a lot of opportunity in this hydroponic space to bring really all the same products we bring to consumers. Is you know soils, fertilizers. You know, also fans, filters, lights, My things God. of that nature,
1: so Scott's made that bet four years ago, three and a half years ago, yes, and at that point, it was a risk, right that we weren't hitting we weren't yet getting traction on legalization nearly in the same way,
2: correct. you know, i I don't know what the the state count was at that point in time, but obviously, you know, I want to say it's either ninety two or ninety five California's been mm-hmm. medical. Okay. Um, and then we you know it 's really been on the coasts, like most mm-hmm. things, most trends they start on the coasts mm-hmm. and then they work their way to the middle and so yeah. there was risk involved and there there absolutely mm-hmm. was and and you know as we if you probably go back and listen to some of our analyst calls from that time, mm-hmm. uh, exactly how we talked about things mm-hmm. uh, I think are probably very different than the way we talked about it on our most recent analyst call, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of openly talking about obviously the the Black Market, the gray market, and the the White Market, and really our desire to see federal legislation come through that really cleans things up for a lot of the growers that you know they they have a really hard time banking and, and all those yeah. good things so that's not Should really you? our uh our consumer, but it's our our retailer's consumer that's mm-hmm. uh that's affected by that
1: as you're working in a market that is gray in Correct. some cases that Cash not uh, banking is still an issue, right? So, so, I assume, and again, this isn't, um, we're not going to go into detail, but that all of that stuff is built into the strategy.
2: That's correct. Well, you know, the way that the way that we operate is we sell to hydroponic retail stores. Okay. Who they sell to, that is their business. Okay. Right? So so we really, you know, not unlike Home Depot, mm-hmm. Lowe's, Walmart, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, Ace, Tractor mm-hmm. Supply, whatever, we sell to those retailers, and then who actually comes in and, and what they buy and how they buy it, mm-hmm. that's really the business of the retailers.
1: Okay. So, again, you, you've managed the strategy such that, you're able to do this without impacting cash flow and, and those kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, and
2: banking relationships and things like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Which, putting myself in your spot in developing the strategy, that takes a lot of deliberation and planning.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. This,
1: this stuff d- didn't happen probably overnight or without a great deal of research.
2: 100%. You, you know, a lot of consultation with uh a lot of smart people, both internal and external, to help us think through You know what's the best way to, to go to market.
1: So we're nearing the end of this segment. It's always interesting to hear how the whole cannabis business is evolving and how businesses have moved to support it. On the strategy side, somebody decided this was a strategic business opportunity, that the competitive profile was reasonable, that the profitability would be high enough to warrant the investments. Mm-hmm. Is that a common approach to what you're looking at? And as we're talking about, I have to figure out what's my North Star, what value do we bring to our stockholders and stakeholders, Right. and then figure out which bets I wanna place given a risk profile and a return profile and staffing and resources and mm-hmm. all that.
2: Yeah, so, so you know, our, our foray into the hydroponic space has really been that through acquisitions, right? So, you know, because we are really a branded consumer lawn and garden company, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we understand the power of brands Mm -hmm. and and, and how that kind of that... Mm -hmm. promise that comes with a brand and, and kind of the end user they mm-hmm. understand that and so when we looked at getting into the hydroponic space obviously you could try to build and you could try to build mm-hmm. your own brands mm-hmm. but ultimately we decided that you know there, there were already established brands on the market mm-hmm. um and so we started going through and, and acquiring companies and then okay. really kind of each one of them was really dedicated to a specific space so maybe one was you know there were fertilizer companies and soil companies. Lighting companies, fan and filter companies, you know. So we bought those kind of individual pieces, and then mm-hmm. we've been really are in the middle of trying to, you know, integrate all those businesses mm-hmm. to kind of really have the full offering for a retailer, mm-hmm. uh, or up in Canada for a for a grower.
1: Cool. Thank you so much for giving us a, a very interesting illustration of strategy. And for our listeners, as we go on break, I encourage you to think about. What is your organization's strategy and do you know what the North Star is and how that connects to the strategic objectives that you're working on to win in a competitive sector? We'll be right back with Mark Sims and Maureen Metcalf talking about delivering for the end consumer, internal and external, as a strategic leader. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 472 5790. Or send an email to info at innovative com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. You're with Mark Sims and Maureen Metcalf, and we're talking about corporate strategy, the importance of it providing a North Star and helping businesses identify where they're going to find competitive advantage and place their bets. So Mark talked during the first segment about some of the bets Scott's is placing. Let's shift a little bit. How do you help the business meet their objectives as the strategy leader?
2: Um, That's a great question. You know, when I was the CIO and ran the IT group, it was definitely a lot clearer. You know, Mm -hmm. we we always said we had two main purposes as an IT organization. Support the ongoing operation of the business, i.e. make sure all the systems are up and running Mm -hmm. uh, so we can, you know, pick, pack, ship, and and deliver for customers, and then also support the change the business agenda. Mm -hmm. Now it's a little bit different because it's, you know, the operators are trying to run their business, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you want to help them understand, you know, directionally long-term, where where should they be? Mm-hmm. And so I think that the first thing to, to really work with them on is to understand what are their goals and objectives, right? So before mm-hmm. you can help them, you know, meet their objectives, you first need to understand mm-hmm. what are they trying to do? So that could be for a specific product category, for a specific customer segment, really try to understand what they're doing and then ultimately where i think we we help in a lot of ways is how do we help them make better decisions as to how they compete in that mm-hmm. in that area so it could be you know what businesses to enter which businesses to exit? What adjacencies they should start to look at? Mm-hmm. Maybe companies become available for acquisition, and helping them analyze and think through: Would this be a positive addition to our portfolio, or would it be something that you know is duplicative and and really mm-hmm. wouldn't be specific? So I think a lot of it is is really kind of working with them, collaborating with them to understand what they're trying to do and achieve and then ultimately figuring out how you can provide them with the best market, competitor, industry intelligence to help them Mm. make the best decisions in each of those different areas.
1: So the the competitive information, do you have, I'm assuming with all of the big data and analytics, you you either subscribe to a service, you have your own or both to help steer not only what the trends but what the opportunities are.
2: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. We're we're actually in the in the middle of evaluating some solutions that can help us do it more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are some, you know, aggregator type products that not only help you aggregate all this news feed different Information, Mm -hmm. but also Mm -hmm. try to sort it out so you can remove the duplicates and really Mm -hmm. kind of pull out what are the nuggets and and what are the real happenings across, you know, it could be competitors, could be customers, uh, Mm -hmm. could be in the industry, what are regulators doing, et cetera. But really Mm -hmm. trying to make sure that, you know, based on keywords and things that you Mm -hmm. feed it, it, it feeds you a distilled list of information because as you mentioned, in this day and age, especially as it relates to, Competitive intelligence that comes in a lot of different forms mm-hmm. and you can really get buried in it quickly because a lot of these Competitors could be quite active doing lots of things, mm-hmm. but how do you distill it down to the things that actually? Matter and in things that you'd mm-hmm. want to monitor and manage
1: You know before we started you and I were talking about the amount of information We have on our phones and the idea that your phone has more information than Apollo 11 did The upside is we've got access to a ton of information the mm-hmm. downside is Not making the right meaning out of that information sends us in a damaging direction in some cases when you're setting strategy.
2: Yeah, I I think it's not only the, the wide, you know, kind of the depth of information or the breadth of information that you have. I think also you know, you have so much information that sometimes it can fuel your biases. So maybe Mm. you were already biased to go, you know, left, and you now have so much data that you can find enough data that tells you, see, I made the right decision to go left. Until the the, market disproved. Right. (laughs) And, 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 you know, maybe you're right, Mm -hmm. maybe you're not. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's kind of the human nature of uh, decision-making is sometimes we have mm-hmm. this uh, reinforcement bias that we only seek out the data and the information that, that mm-hmm. says we were right and not necessarily try to disprove what we were doing.
1: And that's how our brains function, right? That's, that is for better or worse. What do you do to make sure that you are running experiments to disprove your bias as well as prove your bias?
2: Well, I, I think part of the function of, of a strategy group You know, really should be kind of the agnostic provider of information and really try to pull all the different sides. And I know we have a lot of. A lot of what we do is not just kind of heads down research, but a lot of it's discussions and really talking about, you know, what are the potential futures? So Mm -hmm. if it's a given uh, industry thinking through three, five, seven years, what are the different scenarios Mm -hmm. that could actually come true? And a lot of it is nothing more than, you know, just kind of having that conversation. And if you really wanted to get Mm -hmm. down to it and we don't do this yet... Uh, although we talk about it, is you can start to probabilize each scenario mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. say, you know, we think this is going to happen, and it's got a thirty percent, you know, probability in the scenario B, C, et cetera. And so, I think it's kind of the purpose and, and the intent and mission of the the strategy group to kind of be outside mm-hmm. of the weeds of the operators mm-hmm. uh, and really thinking and looking at more data and probably higher level data to make sure that we're we're really thinking things through well.
1: So, typically, I taught this years ago, and I'm not even sure I'm going to get the terms right, scenario planning and looking at the three most probable Mm -hmm. and then the outlier, the black swan or whatever you call it. Is there anything you can share with us that's an interesting low probability scenario? I mean, I I read things like Elon Musk wants to put us on, on different planets. Are we talking about things like... What would it be like to farm the moon? Uh, that was—I think—I saw Bezos now looking hmm. at putting people on the moon. Is there any kind of way out strategy looking at stuff like that, or do you look not more within at our group? Realistic? I think a lot of
2: it. I think a lot of it is related to, you know, what are the macro trends with mm-hmm. consumers okay. um, looking at, you know, how much people, you know, really want to move to natural and organic products Got it. Uh, versus some of the synthetic products that we might mm-hmm. offer. A lot of times people aren't willing to trade off the efficacy that we have in our synthetic products for what you have in the natural products. And mm-hmm. so, but as those trends continue, you need to constantly be looking at that. And we actually have a portfolio that includes, you know, uh, products for, for all types of gardeners. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know that we've, we're have thinking so far out as, you know, gardening on the moon quite yet.
1: You'll let Bezos worry about that right. when he gets people there. Exactly. So you talk about your, your agenda is their agenda. What does that mean?
2: Yeah, I think when we spoke earlier, I mentioned that for me, and maybe this is, you know, we mentioned the management consulting, it's maybe more that client serving mentality. But really, as I mentioned, I I want to understand what are the, you know, whoever I'm there to help, what are their objectives? What are they trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. And and I want to understand that. And I want to get on board and say, okay, as long as I understand it and it makes sense, I want to make that my agenda and I want to help you Mm -hmm. get that done. Right. And so I don't, in any way shape or form try to bring a hidden agenda I try to be Mm -hmm. highly collaborative and like I said I think that's more of that client serving mentality Mm -hmm. where you know now I'm on your team and I'm going to help you you know achieve your objectives.
1: You know it's got to be an interesting dance because you live in the world of strategy full time now coming out of more of an operational piece. Right. That there are things they're going to know way more about their business but there are things you're going to know way more about the trending and Consumers and things. It's got to be an interesting dance. For I'm here to support you, and I have a, a serious level of expertise in this spot.
2: Yeah, you know, sometimes it's hard. You know, you need to make sure that you, you know, they know the details, as you said. I have a perspective, or my team has a perspective. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that may be a th- I don't want to say a theoretical, but it could be something learned through research, not necessarily
1: mm-hmm.
2: meeting with clients yeah. and and meeting with customers mm-hmm. and retailers and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think we need to, you know, be clear on what role each one of us mm-hmm. is gonna is gonna bring. And a lot of times uh, what we can do is if it's more change the business type objectives that they have, where they want to get into a new market, they want to mm-hmm. explore a new opportunity, mm-hmm. we have a lot of skill sets that they don't have. Okay. So whether it's research or building a model mm-hmm. uh, or just kind of basic project management to, you know, say, here's the 37 steps that need to get done. How do we mm-hmm. effectively plan and manage each of those steps to get it done when we need to? And so a lot of times that's where they're they're appreciative of of the uh, the strategy group executing that for them.
1: Cool. You're an internal strategy group, obviously. Correct. Do you use external resources or do you do it predominantly from within?
2: We will definitely hire subject matter expertise okay. when we need it. Okay. And a lot of times that's that's a key thing is to understand mm-hmm. you know, when you, because a lot of times people are like, no, we can do this ourselves. And, mm-hmm. and I like that attitude. Yeah. But at the same time, sometimes I'd rather just have someone tell me the answer than Mm -hmm. have me figure it out. Right. It can be.
1: Yeah. Because the figure it out has a timeline to it. Exactly. And an expense. Right. So as you're looking at strategy and building the agenda and the plan, how do you consider the human elements and the political elements?
2: You know, I mentioned earlier, you know, people process technology and the people is really the most important. So I think you always have to be thinking about the people elements. Okay. And ultimately, I think that political elements are people elements as well. I remember I had a um, high school history teacher, Brother Bennett, who used to uh, say he had a little phrase, where you stand depends on where you sit. I love that phrase. So do I. And and so much of it is true as it relates to kind of the political elements. Because a lot of times Mm -hmm. you need to understand, you know, the why behind people being resistant to whatever Mm -hmm. kind of change you're trying to implement is a lot of times you really need to understand where their perspective.
1: And what they stand for. What they
2: stand for and, and how it might impact their group versus mm-hmm. you only understanding, well, gee, how, here's all the good things it's going to do for, you know, the company as a whole, mm-hmm. but you don't really mm-hmm. truly understand. So I think the human element, you know, really for me, organizational change management is mm-hmm. a big piece of that. And, and the way I think about it is is kind of that leadership alignment, the organizational alignment, mm-hmm. the communication and the training. And a lot of times, you know, just having a solid discussion, mm-hmm. communication with yeah people and all the different stakeholders, you can really understand the politics of it, which ultimately is a lot of times the what's in it for them, or how is this going to impact me? And maybe they have a lot of, you know, assumptions about how, you know, this may or may not impact Mm -hmm. them. And then once you sit down with them and explain it to them, you know, those things go away and then maybe they become a champion. Maybe they still don't like it, but they at least understand. Right. And and so a lot Mm -hmm. of times the way you diffuse those things... Both human and political is to sit down and kind of take them head on mm-hmm. um, and make sure you've got all the people that are aligned. And ultimately, if you have a you know something that's too big of a roadblock, sometimes you mm-hmm. do have to escalate and you know
1: mm-hmm.
2: break a few eggs to get uh, to get things done.
1: I like though that you're talking about the internal politics because I assume Scotts, like every other company I've been involved with, human beings have a bias based on how they're rewarded, what they're comfortable with what they trust and who they trust. And all of those drive their willingness to implement the strategic plan that the company has developed.
2: That's right. And, you know, in another, uh, brother bennett quote was you know he used to always say human nature being what it is and then he'd, he'd talk about in history how mm-hmm. a bunch of people in power did horrible things but again human nature being what it is people are always going to have different points of view mm-hmm. uh, on what you're doing maybe they think it's the craziest thing ever or mm-hmm. maybe they're they're behind it but only maybe for you know reasons that they don't really understand mm-hmm. um, so i think all those things need to be brought to bear in the best ways to kind of bring them to light
1: we have an innovative leadership competency model, and one of the things, one of the seven elements, is innately collaborative. And this idea that we need to create space for different points of view and have the capacity to synergize them. So, I want to hear that people disagree with me mm-hmm. because that's the way we're going to surface the best path forward. But that only works if people are open to listening to those different points of view and finding a way to then not pit them against each other as a mud pit fight, but really pull from each one the best components and create a new outcome that wouldn't have existed either had we left them in a fist fight or had we had everyone too Mm homogenous.
2: I I think all organizations probably need to do a better job of that.
1: (laughs) Well, when we look at our framework, it's based on level of developmental maturity that tests it depending on which data one and a half to four percent of business leaders so the stats would say most organizations are not flush with that ability yeah and yet we can at least cultivate it even if we're not perfect at it Mm -hmm. but but to your point the best strategies i'm sure come from the best implementation of a strong strategy comes from people being willing to do what's right for the company put their personal bias to the side once the company's decided on the strategy and you also said that everybody's not going to win
2: right you know we talked about the kind of the 10% is is the thinking and planning and 90% is the execution you know so that's so true is and the execution is you can't say that I'm going to have the perfect plan it's really I'm going to Jack Welch mm-hmm. said, pick a general direction and then execute yeah. like hell. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, and, and mm-hmm. so that's a lot of what strategy is, is, you know, making sure you've, you've kind of got the general direction mm-hmm. right of mm-hmm. where I'm going mm-hmm. and then start going there. Okay. And you're going to learn along the way.
1: Back to the beginning of our conversation, right? That we don't know exactly where it's going to end up, but if you don't have a plan and, and you're not making bets, you're not getting anywhere. Correct. So run like hell. <laughs> So for our listeners, as we go on break, again, thinking about how familiar are you with the alignment of people, technology, and process around your organizational strategy? Is that something that is transparent within your organization, or is it something that's held only for the senior executives? We'll be right back with Mark Sims and Maureen Metcalf.
0: Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today.
1: We all hear about information security, identity, and privacy threats. The more technology becomes part of our lives, with more data created to provide insights about our lives, the more concerned we need to be. That's why it's important to tune in to data security and privacy with the Privacy Professor. Host Rebecca Harold is an internationally recognized expert in these areas. Rebecca and her guests will let you know how to keep your business and personal data safe. Listen live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
2: Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App
0: Store, BlackBerry
2: App World, or Android Market.
0: Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business.
1: Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future. You're with Mark Sims and Maureen Metcalf, and we're talking about corporate strategy, the importance of it providing a North Star and helping businesses identify where they're going to find competitive advantage and place their bets. So Mark talked during the first segment about some of the bets Scott's is placing. Let's shift a little bit. How do you help the business meet their objectives as the strategy leader?
2: Um, That's a great question. You know, when I was the CIO and ran the IT group, it was definitely a lot clearer. You know, Mm -hmm. we we always said we had two main purposes as an IT organization. Support the ongoing operation of the business, i.e. make sure all the systems are up and running Mm -hmm. uh, so we can, you know, pick, pack, ship and and deliver for customers. And then also support the change the business agenda. Mm Now it's a little bit different because it's, you know, the operators are trying to run their business, mm-hmm. but at the same time you want to help them understand, you know, directionally long-term where where should they be. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the first thing to, to really work with them on is to understand what are their goals and objectives, right? So before mm-hmm. you can help them, you know, meet their objectives, you first need to understand mm-hmm. what are they trying to do. So that could be for a specific product category, for a specific customer segment, really try to understand what they're doing and then ultimately where i think we we help in a lot of ways is how do we help them make better decisions as to how they compete in that mm-hmm. in that area so it could be you know what businesses to enter which businesses to exit, what adjacencies they should start to look at, mm-hmm. maybe companies become available for acquisition and helping them analyze and think through would this be a positive addition to our portfolio or would it be something that, you know, is duplicative and and really mm-hmm. wouldn't be specific. So I think a lot of it is is really kind of working with them, collaborating with them to understand what they're trying to do and achieve. And then ultimately figuring out how you can provide them with the best market, competitor, industry intelligence to help them mm-hmm. make the best decisions in each of those different areas.
1: So the, the competitive information, do you have, I'm assuming with all of the big data and analytics, you, you either subscribe to a service, you have your own or both to help steer not only what the trends, but what the opportunities are.
2: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. We're we're actually in the in the middle of evaluating some solutions that can help us do it more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are some you know aggregator type products that not only help you aggregate all this news feed different. Information, Mm -hmm. but also Mm -hmm. try to sort it out so you can remove the duplicates and really Mm -hmm. kind of pull out what are the nuggets and and what are the real happenings across, you know, it could be competitors, could be customers, uh, Mm -hmm. could be in the industry, what are regulators doing, et cetera. But Mm -hmm. really trying to make sure that, you know, based on keywords and things that you Mm -hmm. feed it, it it feeds you a distilled list of information because as you mentioned, in this day and age, especially as it relates to, Competitive intelligence that comes in a lot of different forms mm-hmm. and you can really get buried in it quickly because a lot of these Competitors could be quite active doing lots of things, mm-hmm. but how do you distill it down to the things that actually? Matter and in things that you'd mm-hmm. want to monitor and manage
1: You know before we started you and I were talking about the amount of information We have on our phones and the idea that your phone has more information than Apollo 11 did The upside is we've got access to a ton of information mm-hmm. the downside is Not making the right meaning out of that information sends us in a damaging direction in some cases when you're setting strategy. Yeah, I I
2: think it's not only the, the wide, you know, kind of the depth of information or the breadth of information that you have. I think also you know, you have so much information that sometimes it can fuel your biases. So maybe mm. you were already biased to go, you know, left, and you now have so much data that you can find enough data that tells you, see, I made the right decision to go left. And Until so the market th- you, Right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, maybe you're right, mm-hmm. maybe you're not. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's kind of the human nature of mm-hmm. uh, decision making is sometimes we have mm-hmm. this uh, reinforcement bias that we only seek out the data and the information that, that mm-hmm. says we were right and not necessarily try to disprove what we were doing.
1: And that's how our brains function, right? That is that is for better or worse. What do you do to make sure that you are running experiments to disprove your bias as well as prove your bias?
2: Well, I, I think part of the function of, of a strategy group You know, really should be kind of the agnostic provider of information and really try to pull all the different sides. And I know we have a lot of a lot of what we do is not just kind of heads down research, but a lot of its discussions and really talking about, you know, what are the potential futures? So Mm -hmm. if it's a given uh, industry thinking through three, five, seven years, what are the different scenarios Mm -hmm. that could actually come true? And a lot of it is nothing more than, you know, just kind of having that conversation. And if you really wanted to get Mm -hmm. down to it and we don't do this yet, uh, although we talk about it, is you could start to probabilize each scenario Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. say, you know, we think this is going to happen and it's got a 30 percent, you know, probability in the scenario B, C, et cetera. And so I think it's kind of the purpose and, and the intent and mission of the the strategy group to kind of be outside mm-hmm. of the weeds of the operators mm-hmm. uh, and really thinking and looking at more data and probably higher level data to make sure that we're we're really thinking things through well.
1: So, typically, I taught this years ago, and I'm not even sure I'm going to get the terms right. Scenario planning and looking at the three most probable, mm-hmm. and then the outlier. The black swan or whatever you call it is there anything you can share with us that's an interesting low probability scenario i mean i read things like elon musk wants to put us on on different planets are we talking about things like what would it be like to farm the moon that was i think i saw bezos now looking Hmm. at putting people on the moon is there any kind of way out strategy looking at stuff like that or do you look not more within our group realistic? I think a lot of
2: it I think a lot of it is related to, you know, what are the macro trends with Mm -hmm. consumers um, looking at, you know, how much people, you know, really want to move to natural and organic products uh, versus some of the synthetic products that we might Mm -hmm. offer. A lot of times people aren't willing to trade off the efficacy that we have in our synthetic products for what you have in the natural products. And Mm -hmm. so, but as those trends continue, You need to constantly be looking at that. And we actually have a portfolio that includes, you know, uh, products for for all types of gardeners. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't know that we're thinking so far out as, you know, gardening on the moon quite yet.
1: You'll let Bezos worry about that when he gets people there. Exactly. So you talk about your your agenda is their agenda. What does that mean?
2: Yeah, I think when, when we spoke earlier, I mentioned that for me, and maybe this is, you know, we mentioned the management consulting, it's maybe more that client serving mentality, but really, as I mentioned, I I want to understand what are the, you know, whoever I'm there to help, what are their objectives? What are they trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. And and I want to understand that. And I want to get on board and say, okay, as long as I understand it and it makes sense, I want to make that my agenda and I want to help you Mm -hmm. get that done. Right. And so I don't, in any way, shape, or form, try to bring a hidden agenda. I try to be mm-hmm. highly collaborative. And like I said, I think that's more of that client serving mentality mm-hmm. where, you know, now I'm on your team and I'm going to help you, you know, achieve your objectives.
1: You know, it's got to be an interesting dance because you live in the world of strategy full time now, coming out of more of an operational piece. Right. That there are things they're going to know way more about their business, but there are things you're going to know way more about the trending and, Consumers and things. It's got to be an interesting dance for I'm here to support you and I have a, a serious level of expertise in this spot.
2: Yeah, you know, sometimes it's hard. You know, you need to make sure that you, you know, they know the details, as you said. I have a perspective or my team has a perspective. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that may be a th- I don't want to say it theoretical, but it could be something learned through research, not necessarily mm-hmm. meeting with clients yeah. and, and meeting with customers mm-hmm. and retailers and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think we need to, you know, be clear on what role each one of us mm-hmm. is gonna is gonna bring. And a lot of times. Uh, what we can do is if it's more change the business type objectives that they have where they want to get into a new market, they want to mm-hmm. explore a new opportunity, mm-hmm. we have a lot of skill sets that they don't have. Okay. So whether it's research or building a model mm-hmm. uh, or just kind of basic project management to, you know, say, here's the 37 steps that need to get done. How do we mm-hmm. effectively plan and manage each of those steps to get it done when we need to? And so a lot of times that's where they're they're appreciative of of the uh the strategy group executing that for them.
1: Cool. You're an internal strategy group, obviously. Correct. Do you use external resources or do you do it predominantly from within?
2: We will definitely hire subject matter expertise okay. when we need it. Okay. And a lot of times that's, that's a key thing is to understand, mm-hmm. you know, when you... Because a lot of times people are like, no, we can do this ourselves. And and I like that attitude. But at the same time, sometimes I'd rather just have someone tell me the answer than Mm -hmm. have me figure it out. Right. It can be. Yeah. Because
1: the figure it out has a timeline to it. Exactly. And an expense. Right. So as you're looking at strategy and building the agenda and the plan, how do you consider the human elements and the political elements?
2: You know, I mentioned earlier, you know, people process technology and the people is really the most important. So I think you always have to be thinking about the people elements. Okay. And ultimately, I think that political elements are people elements as well. I remember I had a um, high school history teacher, Brother Bennett, who used to uh, say, he had a little phrase, where you stand depends on where you sit. I love that phrase. So do I. And so much of it is true as it relates to kind of the political elements, because a lot of times Mm -hmm. you need to understand, you know, the why behind people being resistant to whatever Mm -hmm. kind of change you're trying to implement is a lot of times you really need to understand where their perspective... And what they stand for. What they stand for and, and how it might impact their group versus mm-hmm. you only understanding, well, gee, how, here's all the good things it's going to do for you know the company as a whole, mm-hmm. but you don't really mm-hmm. truly understand. So I think the human element, you know, really for me, organizational change management is mm-hmm. a big piece of that. And, and the way I think about it is is kind of that leadership alignment, the organizational alignment... Mm-hmm the communication and the training and a lot of times you know just having a solid discussion Mm -hmm. communication with people and all the different stakeholders you can really understand the politics of it which ultimately is a lot of times the what's in it for them or how is this going to impact me and maybe they have a lot of you know assumptions about how you know this may or may not impact Mm -hmm. them and then once you sit down with them and explain it to them you know, those things go away, and then maybe they become a champion. Maybe they still don't like it, but they at least understand, right? And, and so a lot mm-hmm. of the times the way you diffuse those things, both human and political, is to sit down and kind of take them head on mm-hmm. um, and make sure you've got all the people that are aligned. And ultimately, if you have, a, you know, something that's too big of a roadblock, sometimes you mm-hmm. do have to escalate and, you know, mm-hmm. break a few eggs to get uh, to get things done.
1: I like, though, that you're talking about the internal politics, because I assume Scott's like every other company I've been involved with. Human beings have a bias based on how they're rewarded, what they're comfortable with, what they trust and who they trust, and all of those drive their willingness to implement the strategic plan that the company has developed.
2: That's right. And, you know, in another... Uh brother bennett quote was you know he used to always say human nature being what it is and then he'd, he'd talk about in history how mm-hmm. a bunch of people in power did horrible things but again human nature being what it is people are always going to have different points of view mm-hmm. uh, on what you're doing maybe they think it's the craziest thing ever or mm-hmm. maybe they're they're behind it but only maybe for you know reasons that they don't really understand mm-hmm. um, so i think all those things need to be brought to bear in the best way is to kind of bring them to light
1: we have an innovative leadership competency model, and one of the things, one of the seven elements, is innately collaborative. And this idea that we need to create space for different points of view and have the capacity to synergize them. So, I want to hear that people disagree with me mm-hmm. because that's the way we're going to surface the best path forward. But that only works if people are open to listening to those different points of view and finding a way to then not pit them against each other as a mud pit fight, but really pull from each one the best components and create a new outcome that wouldn't have existed either had we left them in a fist fight or had we had everyone too Mm homogenous.
2: I I think all organizations probably need to do a better job of that.
1: (laughs) Well, when we look at our framework, it's based on level of developmental maturity that tests it depending on which data one and a half to four percent of business leaders so the stats would say most organizations are not flush with that ability yeah and yet we can at least cultivate it even if we're not perfect at it Mm -hmm. but but to your point the best strategies i'm sure come from the best implementation of a strong strategy comes from people being willing to do what's right for the company, put their personal bias to the side once the company's decided on the strategy. And you also said that everybody's not going to win. Right.
2: You know, we talked about the kind of the 10% is, is the thinking and planning and 90% is the execution. You know, so that's so true is and the execution is you can't say that I'm going to have the perfect plan. It's really, I'm going to jack Mm Welsh said pick a general direction and then execute like hell yeah (laughs) right you know and and Mm -hmm. so that's a lot of what strategy is is you know making sure you you've kind of got the general direction Mm -hmm. right of where Mm -hmm. i'm going Mm -hmm. and then start going there okay and you're going to learn along the way
1: back to the beginning of our conversation right that we don't know exactly where it's going to end up but if you don't have a plan and and you're not making bets you're not getting anywhere correct so run like hell (laughs) So for our listeners, as we go on break, again, thinking about how familiar are you with the alignment of people, technology, and process around your organizational strategy? Is that something that is transparent within your organization, or is it something that's held only for the senior executives? We'll be right back with Mark Sims and Maureen Metcalf. Or your digital transformation... And what can you put into play? You know, as Mark talked about, 10% of it's strategy, 90%'s execution. How are you using the information you heard from Mark today to better improve your execution? So thank you for listening. I look forward to your comments. Info at innovateleader.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. If you indicate that you're listening to our shows, I will happily connect. And Mark, if someone wanted to reach out to you, is there a way they could contact you to ask a question?
2: Yeah, I think similarly using LinkedIn, pretty active on there. So they should uh, just look me up, Mark Sims. And I'm with uh, the Scott's Miracle Girl Company.
1: Thank you. And we hope that you listen to us again soon.